0: So we are continuing a short series, uh, although I'm making it longer every week when I study because I've come up with something that I I want to chase after and, uh, we don't really have a title. It's, uh, we might call it Knowledge or Acknowledge, Acknowledgement. And we're looking, attempting to look at some of the usages of that in the New Testament, particular in this, the letters that were written for the church, which is his body. And, uh, and the purpose of it is, uh, I'll begin by just stating, that, uh, pardon me for reviewing a couple of things here. Um, uh, I'll restate some things, and that is, uh, the word, the, to the English word that we see in, in the scriptures is either w- uh, knowledge, or acknowledge, and the word knowledge there occurs by several different Greek forms. And, uh, and then the word acknowledge is translated, uh, based on whatever the translators decided was right for that day. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it has its purpose, and the purpose, uh, I believe, is very significant for us, uh, to distinguish between the words. Uh, if you really want a full study on it, I would suggest you do it yourself. We're just touching different <laughs> verses and so forth. Uh, just to give you an example, Second 2 Timothy 2.25. 2.25. I think this is the verse that creeps into every Bible study I have. For some reason, it has the... The uh, Greek words that appear in many of the things we speak about. So what did I say? 2 Timothy 2.25, starting in verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. And I believe that word oppose there is a word that's used of children. Chastising or training children, which I thought was pretty interesting because, uh, we're pretty immature if we fall into the hands of what we're reading here. He says, uh, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give him, give them, uh, repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Uh, and that we don't have time to just go through all of these and bear them out. But uh, here we see where the uh, in the King James Version, those who have the manuscript so forth uh, chose the word acknowledging instead of knowledge. It could be either one, at least according to. Uh, what we see out there amongst the, those who are scholars and so forth in, in uh, text and whatever. But it's, it's a general, generally taken, the, the word is generally taken and translated knowledge and occasionally they add, they will make the word mean acknowledge. And it's the exact same Greek word. So, uh, just ca- calling to your attention what we're doing here is we're looking at several places where that might be beneficial to us. That is to say, to recognize the word acknowledge over the word knowledge. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to acknowledge what that something is. So um, that's what we're trying to distinguish. Uh, a couple, another verse of 2 Timothy 3.7. And by the way, I want to... Go through that the verse we just read in greater detail because it's associated with some power that uh, Satan has, uh, that are the snares of the devil, and uh, it would be uh, good for us to uh, understand that fully, or much much better. Uh, so I also said Second Timothy three seven. Um, for uh, okay, let's back up. This has to do with no verse one. No, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, and then he gives us a long list of some people and or the things that people do, and uh, we might have an argument if I said uh, this would apply to believe, some believers in some cases. Uh, Paul's biggest concern with uh, with those who are leaving the faith and apostasy and so forth were not non-believers, they were believers. And that's what this portion is all about. And so, in verse um, 7, let's look at verse 6. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive, silly women laden with sins, led led away with divers lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, when you look at that, Word, word, we need to understand who he's dealing with here. Because it could be the case that, uh, there's people who will never have the knowledge. And if it's referring to a believer, they have some level of knowledge. But the issue here is this word could be translated acknowledge. To the acknowledging of the truth. Ever learning and never able to come to a, the acknowledging Acknowledgement of the truth. And so we want to be careful when what we read and when we see that word acknowledge, I believe we, we raise a flag at that point and say, okay, I got to pay attention to this because this requires me to be part of the action here. And I have to be the one that makes that step to acknowledge something. So that's kind of the gist of what we're doing here and, uh, And I think we're not going to come close today getting through some of these notes that I've got. Um, I have a serious problem that when I do a study that I run off on different areas and and, uh, try to look at something more um, with a lot more uh, whatever. And and, uh, and and what it does is it leads me into a whole lot of other studies, what I can say here. So... Anyway, uh, so let's turn to, uh, did I say already? Second Timothy 3.7, we did that. And, uh, maybe one known, one more, 2 Timothy 3.10. Oh, I'm sorry. Second Timothy 3, yeah, Let's see if that's one of them. If not, we'll move forward. Oh, okay, I just threw this one in here. It says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. And this is what Paul speaking, writing to Timothy and reminding of the earlier days of their ministry. But here the word known is not the word gnosco. It's a whole different word. So occasionally I will flag some words that have to, to that, that happen to be the same in the English or translated the same in English. So for what it's worth, uh, that's that. So, um and, and if you recall, we spoke about Matthew 7:16. We won't look at it, but that's where the Lord said, you will know them, speaking of false prophets by, uh, excuse me here, we got some action here. Uh, that's okay. He said mine too, so sorry. So, uh, what did I just read? I got to 10. 2 2:10. Oh no, we just did that one. Uh, no, I'm, I mentioned Matthew 7. Uh, and here the word knowledge. And, and by the way, that the word knowledge is generally, if they if they take epigenosco or epigenosis, and they say and they tell you what that word means, it's generally means it's published as meaning thoroughly uh, not thorough thorough knowledge or thoroughly not knowledge meaning. That, that is the belief of many, that's what the word means, and it doesn't take on the flavor of acknowledgement. So, uh, anyway, back in uh, Matthew 7, uh, 16, the word is translated really by translators, full knowledge, and it has to do with, you will know them by their, what, the, speaking of those, their love. No, no. You know them by their. Uh... Boy, this is bad. Uh-huh. Okay, let's read Matthew seven sixteen. Sorry, folks. Matthew what? Seven sixteen. And we we talked about this, so I don't want to belabor it. But, you, know, you you you, can, you shall know them by your fruits by your fruits. Well, it doesn't take a brain uh, who has a lot of knowledge to recognize a fruit. And so that so rather than translate this word uh, in, in the sense that we're talking about here uh if it, it it's demanding more than it really is, and it really has to do with they would recognize it they will recognize them as opposed to uh, have full knowledge of them so anyway, uh, let's move forward here and um and one of the things that, well, let's read, let's turn over to, uh, let's see here. Oh, Ephesians chapter one. So we did some work on Ephesians chapter one last week. And I'm probably going to read a few, or repeat a few things. And, um, and when we begin in the first chapter, last week, or two weeks ago when I spoke, uh, I believe we took some of these we took those first 15 verses, which we'll try to do today. I don't know if we'll have time. And here's what here's what I notice when I look at those first 15 verses here: that Paul is giving them information that they already know. So here is Paul. He's a prisoner. He has been in prison now for seven years, maybe nine years. Uh, I I didn't spend the time to to nail that down, but it takes some time to determine that. Uh, and so what concerned me is, the book starts off, first of all, he's he's writing to, according to this, he's writing to Ephesians, those Ephesian people. Uh, and that may not necessarily be the, the point, or, or the, say, the, uh, it may just be, uh, it, it's, it's not really there in the originals, in most of the transcripts. So it could mean something else. Did Paul write a letter to somebody else? We read over in Colossians that uh, he talks to him about the letter that he wrote to the Colossians. And then he says, and do the same likewise to those in Laodicea. There's a, so there's a letter written to Laodicea, which is very close to Colossians, not too far from Ephesus. You know, I'm not going to say, yeah, that's what this is all about here. Paul's writing to the Laodiceans. He's writing to a group of believers who have tremendous amount of, knowledge of something that has not been preached in the past and so one of the things that kind of concerned me was what about the gap between the book of acts and and this particular being here because paul has a pretty successful time uh and during the acts period and, and you need to read the acts 18 through 20 in fact we're going to read some of that today i believe but what concerned me was that um here are people that know this truth. I'm thinking, okay, how did they get to know this? And, and let me read verse 15 so you'll understand what I'm saying. So Paul gives them 14 direct statements uh, that, is it 14 or 15? Uh, anyway, he gives them a number of statements that are fast and true. And he says, Wherefore, I also have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, Paul does not, we don't have any letters that Paul says he wrote directly to the, the to the Ephesians, uh, other than this one that we're looking at and we're assuming is true. But, uh, it, it bothered me because, uh, there's like six or seven years of blankness and, uh, and, and all of a sudden, Paul is speaking to perhaps a new group of people. You'll read similar verses in the book of Colossians. He talks about those who have never seen his face. So something happened over that period of time, and now it's coming to light. So, uh, what I dare do right now is to, and we'll do it, we're gonna look at uh, the book of Acts a little bit, and try to, try to bond together. Not bond together, that's a bad word. Uh, Try to see if, if there is a differ, if there's a something lacking between this period of time, or something happened between this period of time. And really, we need to go all the way back to uh, Acts chapter 20. We're not going to do that for sake of time, and we're going to turn to chapter 20. Uh, I hope I we'll got this right. Do that. Two sets of notes here. I better not mix them up. Um, okay. Acts chapter 20 and verse 16. So let's read this. So let me say that just prior to this, going back into chapter 19 also, I believe, Paul has is already on the scene and he's traveled back and forth once, I believe, before. But now something has happened in his life. So this is a this is major change to his life Uh and, and what's going on in the scripture so verse 16 for paul had determined to sail by ephesus okay, he's going back to jerusalem and he didn't want to take the time to stop so he's so uh, because he would not spend time in asia for he hasted. if it were possible for him to be at Jer- at jerusalem the day of pentecost so he's trying to get there in a hurry and uh it says and from miletus he sent to ephesus and called the elders of the church so he's close by ephesus uh, yes, Ephesus, and, and uh, he calls some of the elders, and they come out and meet him wherever he's at, uh, not too far, not too far from the west. He's on. A, he's traveling by boat at this point. He says, And when they come, they come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. So he reminds them that he knows... Uh, or he's he's revealed a lot to them over time. And if you look at verse um where we at here. Uh verse thirty-one, he says, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Well what we're gonna read what he what he warned them about. But it, he, there was an, at least a three year period in there that Paul knew these people. and in the following verses you will you'll tell you can tell that hey, Paul had a good relationship for the most part with these uh, these people at Ephesus. and so uh, it it makes you think when you when you start reading the book of ephesians uh, has where is that or is it missing or something something happened and Paul's going to prophesy here about him himself. And uh that might solve part of, uh, part of the, issue, the issue, but it, it may not solve it all. Uh So he says, and when we, they were come to him, so he calls these elders and they come to him. He said unto them, Ye you know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the laying in wait of the Jews. And I like the idea that Paul spoke, spoke about the humility of mind. And we might look at two verses, two or three verses, three verses. Ephesians 4-2. And I'll just say this. Ephesians 4-2. These are the few places that it's used. We're not going to look at all of them. One's in, one's in uh, Peter and there's a couple in, uh, in Colossians that we're not going to look at. So, um, real quickly again, four two, Ephesians four two. I might have to back up on that a little bit. And okay, right in front of me. Okay, uh, I'll start at uh, verse four. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. We know that this is this is the changing point in the book of Ephesians. It's divided into two sections. And, uh, this begins with the, the section that speaks of our walk. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Here's that humility of mind. I think if there's anything you would ever want to ask the Lord for, it would be humility of mind. Philippians two three. All right, folks. Philippians two three. Let's read in verse one. If there therefore any, be any if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Probably the hardest thing in the, that I've ever experienced in my life has to do with this idea of humility, uh, having a mind of humbleness because that's exactly what it to this whole passage here speaks of the Lord himself. Let this bind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is that verse. This I mean this these verses speak of what the Lord went through. And uh and of course the cross and, and everything associated with uh, how he he gave everything up. What does it say about what he gave up? Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal to God. But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's a good verse to have in your pocket every with you at all times. Colossians 3:12. Getting off the subject here too much here, but but I think it's to me. A very necessary passage of Scripture that that, um, that that I need to be very well aware of. And I've got some sticky pages here, folks. So hang on. So what did I say? Colossians three twelve. Put on therefore as the elect of God. Just before this, he speaks about putting off. Verse ten. Put off. I'm sorry, verse 10, put on a new name. Verse 9 says, put off the old man with his deeds. Verse 10 says, put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. This is going to be one of our verses. Here's our epigenosco. Uh, And we're going to have to determine if there's some acknowledgement on our part necessary. Where uh, there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bold nor free, but Christ is all in one. Uh, Put on therefore as the elected God, the holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so do also. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. This is about people who are members of the church, which is His body. I mean, you can do this with others outside this realm, but this there is an important aspect of our walk, and that has to do with our fellow brethren who enjoy the same scriptures we do, and um, and it's important. So let's go back and get back into Acts. Sorry. I can see I'm gonna we're not gonna get through all this. Um, so he said, uh, verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly, and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews. I'm, you know, I'm thinking off the top of my head here, did he talk to anybody else like this? And I think he did, the, the, those at Philippi, and the area of Macedonia. Macedonia. But that's was the relationship he had with all of these people. And I can tell you, it would take a mind of humility to do such a thing, because he was confronted a lot of time with a lot of negative things. Uh Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Everywhere he goes, the Holy Spirit is telling him what's ahead. But none of these things move me, neither can I my life, dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So at this point in time, we can say that Paul had what kind of knowledge of the scriptures. Uh, He says, I received... I finished my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the glory of the grace of God. Obviously, grace is was in Paul's uh, speech his entire life, even early on in, the, in his ministry. He began to use that and understand that word. So you can take this passage and say, well, this is the same as Philippians and Colossians and I don't know. We're not going to argue about that today, but. Uh, um, but, it's, it's something you needed to address, and it has to do with Paul's ministry, his full ministry. Uh, verse 25, and now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Keep that in, the, in your back pocket, the kingdom of God. Uh, when you go, when you open up Ephesians and the Colossians and so forth. Uh, it's not to belittle anything, it's, it's uh, just the progress of dispensational changes here. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So he said in verse 25, you shall see my face no more. Now, once again, I'm going to think of this in the sense, here's Paul in a prison, seven, eight, whatever it is, nine years later. And here was, uh, or I'm sorry, not nine years later, this seven or eight years before uh, what we read uh, in Ephesians and so forth. It says, wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. That's a, that's a subject in itself that we need to address. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter into among you. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, verse 22 had the word knowing in it. Verse, The verse we just read had the word uh, know in it. So, well, I'm passing over words. Uh, I don't believe in any of those are epigenosco you know, uh, I believe they're Gnosco itself, but I might be wrong. Uh, anyway, uh, something to consider here. He says, uh, For I know that after departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, what? so here are some negative things that are about to happen. So Remember, this is Seven, eight years before Paul writes to, to uh, to the Ephesian, or writes the Ephesian letter, whatever, whoever it might be to. It would appear here there was a good chance that many of these people, this came to life, verse 29 and 30, that things, there were grievous wolves that entered in and, and, and not spared the, uh, the flock. There were those, uh, he says, also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the grace, by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone, uh, warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to, to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all of them which are sanctified, I have coveted no man's silver, gold, or, or apparel. yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities, and to them that were with me. I have showed you things how that so lab- how that I'm still how that so labouring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said. It is more blessed to give than receive, to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all, and they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake that they should see his face no more, and they accompanied him on the sea. I have no reason to believe that that did not come true. I have no evidence that when Paul wrote what we call the Book of Ephesians, he did not address this issue with them. That might be one one reason to not think that was written to Ephesians. But uh, we don't we don't know what happened during that period of time. And I think the reason that I mean it grasped me and made me take a pathway to take and study and understand that uh, was because. As I said here before, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and let me see how much time we've got. We've got a little bit of time. Ephesians chapter 1, uh, and, th- and really the book of Ephesians, I don't think we find, and, and help me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'm just looking, thinking of, in my own mind that I can't think of anything in the book of Ephesians, and possibly even in the book of Colossians that speak of a period of time where many people left the faith that they knew during the Acts period. Uh, This kind of starts here with a clean slate, so to speak. And the other thing is we discover is that Paul did not see these people here in Ephesians in their face unless some of them came to visit him, uh, which we don't have a record of. But um, what we do see is that uh, these people that those first 14 verses speak about, uh, verse 14 or 15 verses speak about, these people had some truth in them and this, this is what we would call knowledge. What they understood and what Paul writes here is knowledge. They had an understanding of knowledge. Now the issue is he's going to pray for them and it's associated with not merely knowledge; it is associated with knowledge, but it's associated with uh, acknowledgement. Doing something to that—I'm going to kind of define that as acknowledgement—is doing something that would um, enhance. I'm sorry, um, enhance your your knowledge, but at the same time. Uh it's it's a, it's a it's, I think we're going to see it's associated with the new man, the one new man and which is uh, changed change day by day and so in that sense too I believe this idea of acknowledgement is that opportunity in our daily life to wipe away what was in the past, forget it, this is something brand new and that's an acknowledgement, we're acknowledging something when that happens, so um what do we do? I've, I've got a couple of things here that would go in and I don't think I can fit in the time we have. I think what we we'll do is stop at this point, And the next time I believe we'll pick up at. uh in the book of Ephesus and and then look at four, four or five, maybe six uh, of the different occasions this word was used and how it affects us. So I'm going to stop there. And uh getting out a little bit early here. So let me just have a word prayer and we'll, we'll stop. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for your word. There's so much here that we need to understand and we need to acknowledge. And we ask you to put those in our mind and let us understand those things so that we can walk worthy. And uh even to the acknowledgement of the Son of God that you speak of in the book of Ephesians uh thank you for this and this room full of believers and we thank you for uh the faithfulness and the the, the love that we share and especially when those are um, in, in need in need comfort and so forth we ask your hand and uh, and also put it in our hearts to to be uh Willing to understand and share and, and comfort these things, we thank you in the name of our Lord Christ Jesus. Amen.